And you know what? Yes, he has some flaws, right? Like, okay, he's done some murder, but like he's better now. next door and you are a listener uh we are (laughs) the media literacy show from uh horror lens where we explore the real life historical and psychological reasonings behind our cinematic fears and we are talking about tainted love that is our series and today we are discussing everybody's favorite weirdo stalker boy uh, we're talking about you. It's a love story, Gabe. No. It <laughs> absolutely not. is not. It absolutely is not. <laughs> I'm sorry, you dropped all these red flags. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You're picking them up. Or yeah. no, you don't pick them up because they're a red flag. And that's There's so many. Away. Yeah. No. You got to leave with them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're talking about you, but specifically season three. We're skipping season two. We covered the first season of the show back in years ago before uh, time. <laughs> it was it was pre-video times i think it was 2018 and uh it was in our romance gone wrong series and we were talking about stalkers mm-hmm. and what better way to talk about them than with someone like joe who you know embodies all the narratives that are wrong with stalkers in that like he represents that person who's like i know what's best for you i know you better than anyone else even though you do not know me at all um and And like he like doesn't know anybody at all and that's like part of the problem Mm -hmm. right you know like his whole thing is he doesn't understand other people but he thinks he does and that's his whole issue it's not just just like i don't know everything i am a white man but i don't know everything then he would be fine yeah or at least a little better i don't know fine (laughs) and it like goes past that because it's not so much like i know like i know people it's like i know better like i know Mm -hmm. the best like i am the authority on everything about you um and that's crazy because it's like you've never talked to this human being and just because you're like lurking in the shadows and you know what they do when no one else is watching doesn't mean you know them but it's also like he was like the nice guy trope right like where he's you know i'm a good guy even though he's very much not but he thinks he's the world Mm -hmm. (laughs) like ever like you should be happy to have him um and you know what yes he has some flaws right like okay he's done some murder but like he's better now yeah yeah he's trying so (laughs) yeah uh, and he's totally chill he's gonna love you more than anyone else ever could i mean who else can say that their person murdered someone for them hopefully not too many people yeah i would imagine i'm just saying it's pretty crazy like it's really ridiculous um, um yeah for sure but that's he his, also that's his whole appeal in, in his mind he's like yeah. you know what who else is gonna love you that much yeah to murder like, I'm str- i'll be strong neighbor. for you 
Yeah, exactly. That kind of thing. And I think it's also the other problem is, and I'll definitely talk about it in my section, is also the fascination with him because there's also like a, a lore or a false narrative that all women secretly want to be stalked, right? Like, because it's, it comes with this idea of like, yeah, (laughs) right. It's very much like, oh, because you're getting some type of attention, right? Like you're special. Mm -hmm. And that's really what he like works off of is like, you're so special. Like you should be honored that I'm taking the time to do this. And he embodies what someone would think a stalker is like, and that like all the girls are like simp for him. like the problematic girlies who sim sim for him Mm -hmm. are the same people who like you've never had a stalker like you've never had someone who made you feel uncomfortable or unsafe in your environment or like that your security is at risk and there's no privacy like there's so much there's so many levels to what a stalker does to you psychologically which we covered in that episode um because it's real i know people who've had stalkers i've definitely had people who borderline that nothing like super scary but i've definitely had like my interactions where i'm like oh, oh I don't, you cannot really? be known where i live <laughs> you know we no we gotta have boundaries because this yeah. is gonna get rough like i've had to hide you know like that those yeah. things has happened and anyone who's like and it's also hard because if a stalker is just stalking right like there's nothing there's no crime really that's happened. Like Joe definitely does crimes. Like he mm-hmm. breaks and enters, he steals stuff, he kills yeah. people. Like there's yeah. a whole number of things. There's all kinds of crimes he does, but just the the stalking isn't a crime. So even though it's encroaching on your safety and your like, you know, sense of <laughs> just like at ease in your own home and in your own skin, yeah. that's not enough for like authorities to warrant anything which is so wild yeah I mean it's like a really deep terrifying thing to like because the whole thing is like even when they're not watching you don't know they're not watching so you still feel anxious that they could be watching and it really just destroys your entire like sense of safety so yeah it's a messed up thing it's a messed up thing Joe's a problem (laughs) Joe's Um, a problem yeah um and I think my favorite thing is that Joe is so much a problem than people fangirl over him, but Penn Badgley, who who plays him, oh, does not. He can't like, stand him. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, no, no, like he thinks it's absolutely disgusting that anyone would idolize this character. Like, it, he's like almost the level of like um, Robert Pattinson in his loathing for the Twilight series, where oh, it's okay. just like, I am stuck doing this role now because like sent cat a clip of him just like just totally roasting the show and and complaining about joe and like and one of the clips is just him like we're gonna come back for season four you just wait and we're gonna be saying the same things about how he's just a guy in love and he's just like this is a problem and we are we're gonna see a season four (laughs) so he definitely predicted it um yeah sadly (laughs) i mean it's because it's in a like an interesting show like objectively like it is an interesting show and also like the acting is really good so it's just like that's something that really hooked me with it not with joe i don't i think he's an entire problem uh but all the characters are like super interesting in that like they're complex they all got like crazy backstories going on they all got like 
very much like emotional stuff happening and then like it's also like that suspense building that you get with like those kinds of like mystery shows at the same time or like even it's like adjacent to true crime so it hooks all the people who are also like kind of into that realm as well because it's like very realistic in that like he's just a regular dude a regular average joe he's an average average joe Joe. just going around murdering people (laughs) and it's just like you you would see him on the street and be like, look at that guy. He's a normal dude. Look at him be there. And then he's out. He has people in his basement, you know, mm-hmm. and that's that's what the show does really well, because that's what actually happens with serial killers is that most of the time Regular you just guy. think they're a guy. They're or a family though, guy. There's a person. There's the person. And you're like, wow. Look at that regular person. Mm-hmm. And then they're they got people in their basement. They've stalking, murdering, kidnapping, whatever. And it's like. Yeah, that's what you should know because that's who you should be fearing. Everybody. Nobody mm-hmm. is safe. It's a zombie apocalypse all the time, except some people are going to hiding their stuff. Yeah. But it's so funny because, like, Joe really fancies himself like the epitome of man, but he's so incredibly average. Like, Joe, the character, does is so regular, right? Like, he like doesn't do a lot to enhance the way that he looks. Like, he really is just a right. Like, there is a commentary, yeah. yeah. But there's even just commentary, like in season three, where there's like you know these muscular men who like you know don't eat carbs and they you know work out crazy and they do all this stuff and they just remark they're like jealous because they're like oh you just have a you know yeah that he has like they're like oh you're just blessed with a high metabolism and you're just you know like you don't have to do anything because he it's not like he's working out like he jogs in in season two and he's like gonna die because he's like i can't believe anyone does this his workout (laughs) is the murders you know you gotta lift the bodies you gotta use the strength to do the murder in times yeah that's his entire workout he does not do anything exactly so it's just like he really doesn't even try to like do anything like really insane to make himself this like alpha male that he sees himself as being and that Mm -hmm. just kind of adds to like the normalcy of him that's very uh counterintuitive to how he sees himself yeah, he's a, he's he's kind of bland, you know. He's very bland. He doesn't he's really have so hobbies. He doesn't really have interests other than stalking people and books like, and like assimilating to whatever identity that person has. Yeah, uh, the biggest thing is his books. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, I remember Netflix re- <laughs> released that like clip that was edited to remove his like in, when season one was going on and everyone was like thirsting after Joe. They released a clip and it was edited so that it didn't have his narration and it was like Joe doesn't say words like he never talks <laughs> like so. There's all these scenes of him just like staring and then be like <clears throat> you know or like <laughs> or he'd be like burrito or something like ridiculous because she'd ask him like what do you want for dinner and then he's like thinking for 20 minutes yeah (laughs) and like that's him because everything is in his head and so it's just like you have this understanding of him because you get this like you get the yeah view you get his voice in your brain that's all it is yeah if you if if you had to actually interact with joe it would be the actual thing that he's so boring yeah (laughs) that's why he's so so few words the neighbor was like should i bone the boring neighbor and he's like boring neighbor i thought you loved it's like no that's exactly what you are like someone needed to tell you (laughs) someone needed to bring you down so many pegs 
Oh my god. <laughs> well, let me tell let me tell folks about tell it. You. So we're talking about you, um, specifically season three, which came out in 2021. Um, but the overall show is about dangerously charming, intensely obsessive young man goes to extreme measures to insert himself into the lives of those he is transfixed by. And it's created the show by Sarah Gamble and Greg Berlatini. Um, but it is based on the books, which I will also talk about by Carolyn Kepnis, um, which are great. Great. And if you like the show, you will love the books. Um, highly, highly recommend. It's such a good glimpse into Joe that you do not really get. Like oh, you, get, you get kind of like he I love like love it like he's he's awful. He's like the worst ever, but I love listening to Joe because he's so crazy. <laughs> Yeah, like his insanity is like at an 11 in the books Um, (laughs) it's so funny to be in there in his head and you're like joe stop it why are you like what is that so um highly highly recommend um so in season three of netflix you we find joe married to love in a suburban hellscape with a newborn because last season joe nearly killed love in a fit of rage after well, she murdered his last love interest. Uh, yes. So, you know, beginnings to a uh, wonderful relationship. Uh, however, his murderous rage was cut short when love informs him of her pregnancy. And after a quick marriage, the two begin their life of wedded bliss in Madre Linda. Um, the first uh, season was him lusting after Beck, killing yeah. Peach Salinger. Season two was his introduction to love and her twin brother, Forty, as the whole time. Um, So this one we're like picking up and he's now has to be committed and it's a whole thing. Um, But not all is perfect in this cookie cutter little boxes town as Joe and love's relationship begins a sharp decline immediately (laughs) immediately um turns out that staying together for a baby and because you know each other's murderous secrets isn't enough to keep a relationship afloat who knew that's crazy (laughs) what uh and despite the idyllic suburb and the picturesque life joe is gonna joe uh and so he sits back into his toxic ways setting his eyes on their married neighbor natalie um and while joe slips into old habits love aware of his fascinations uh-huh. uh takes matters into her own hands to preserve their marriage <laughs> and it just spirals from there yeah. um it is so fun and so what we get this season um is a whole lot of toxicity and murder um yeah. love murders because joe isn't attracted to her and as she explains screaming in the rain while trying to bury a body that she murdered um if you're not attracted to me you may kill me like she just lays it into him uh which is super true (laughs) like she's she is very honest like she even at one point is like you were about to kill me i told you i was pregnant now we're married and we're living in madre linda like i'm not an idiot (laughs) like you wanted to murder he's like that was before yeah we have a baby now i'm better i'm better now (laughs) and also like uh the guy who plays joy i always forget his name every time uh pen yeah he even said in that video he sent me he's like he doesn't murder her because she's having a baby but like why is that life worth more than hers and it's because he has ownership over that baby he feels like this is like 
his. Yeah. So like that's the only reason he spares her, and she knows that, and that's why it's like, oh god, yeah. y'all should just <laughs> amicably leave each other or something, or just turn each other in. I don't know. Um, yeah. yeah, it's super. She's very, she's very aware of yeah. how little she means to him, and like even when they're in couple therapy, um, just this like him admitting like he was gonna leave. Like she knows very well that the only reason that he's in this relationship is for Henry, their baby. Um, and he doesn't love her. And that's like a big issue. Um, I yeah. think even with him being as like crazy as he is, if he loved her, they wouldn't have had a problem. Yeah. And the only reason he doesn't love her is because he sees her as a full person. I'll get there. Yeah. Um, because he, now he sees that she's got more going on, you know? Yeah. She's not an idea. She's an actual human. <laughs> what? How dare. Uh, so Joe continues his lustful ways, stalking new victims despite his wife's new murderous defense mechanisms. And even their therapist is alarmed by their complicated relationship, though she insists that they are many things. But neither of them are murderers. Of course not. Said to two murderers. <laughs> it's so this season is so funny. Like yeah, everything is like good. a joke, and you're like, yeah, that's really, <laughs> yeah. that's silly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in an article on Washington Post titled "You Season Three Is Its Best Yet," thanks to its true horrors, marriage in suburbia, uh, writer Inku Kang explains how well Joe and Love fit into their new neighborhood, one full of villains just like them, only with less murder. Uh, and they say, but as much as Joe hates the suburbs, feeling like a predator forced to cage itself, it's an unexpectedly fitting habitat for him. He's surrounded by inveterate liars and chronic pretenders just like him, like mommy influencer Sherry or TV journalist Ryan, whose sobriety story is just too good to be true. Joe and Love may roll their eyes at the private school strategizing and self-optimization tips that are supposed to pass for conversation in their town. But in the end, the couple spend all their time putting on a happy front just like everybody else. Um, yeah. <laughs> it really like forces him to have to like do what he's always saying he can do, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, he has to adapt, and it's hard for him. Like, past, like, the honeymoon stages. Like, that's, yeah. where, he, that's where he gets messy, because then he's yeah. like, oh, <laughs> we have to be real. Yeah. Um, but as I said, what I really loved about the season was the humor. That's why I think it's the best season. <laughs> and I found season one's seasons one and two funny for sure um yeah. a great introduction to a complicated character like joe but season three is hilarious and even better self-aware <laughs> and so the season spins classic wedded woes into something more sinister it sees a husband's complaint of his wife's crazy personality and raises it with literal murder it sees a wife's worries at her husband's infidelity and raises it with the threat of her own death um their complaints about their partners mirror real life woes and only only they in the audience know the heaviness behind those lines. And when Joe fantasizes about running off with Henry because love is dangerous, he concedes that Henry needs a mom. Um, it's a playful mix of reality and the absurd with each episode. Placed against the backdrop of suburbia, they could be mistaken for any desperate couple stuck together for the sake of their child's future. Um, mm -hmm. The way that, <laughs> if they told you the way that they were seeing it, it sounds regular. You know, because yeah. he's just like, she's crazy. <laughs> she's just murdering all over. And then he's like, okay, the best way to dispose of this body is. <laughs> yeah. like, Why do you know that? You're crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, 
y'all you need to just take you need to turn and look at this mirror right quick (laughs) it's so funny every time he's just like okay yeah i'm bad but she it's um, the worst henry can't be around that and then he's like yeah i remember when i killed peach salinger like (laughs) yeah no it's really ridiculous it's so funny um Because Joe believes himself the answer to all problems, knowing exactly the kind of man a woman wants. He molds himself to fit what his new you needs, or what he thinks they would want. And it is when they reveal themselves to be more than the two-dimensional perfect beings whose personalities he has filled in for them, then he loses interest, snaps, Mm -hmm. and murders them, and the people around them, and anyone who would hold them accountable. (laughs) In Madre Linda, his assumptions have evolved from that of simply what a woman wants to the idyllic husband archetype he strives to be. And when love shows herself to be less than or other than the wife he believes wives should be, he is ready to throw her away. Mm -hmm. And she is not wrong to worry. She is, however, wrong to murder about it. (laughs) So she is not innocent, okay? She is just... No, no, no. Yeah, she she catches more bodies than Joe in this episode, or this episode, this season. It's like... She really, she's got, she's a, a for effort, you know, she's really doing the extra mile. Oh, no, It's funny, because, like, yeah, he, it really is. Like, I think if she didn't, like, I don't know if he would have eventually married, uh, murdered Natalie, but, um, he, yeah, <laughs> she, she sped it up. That's like, yeah, she made it go a lot quicker than it would have gone otherwise, because otherwise he would have done his whole stalking thing. Yeah. Uh, and then she would have still ended up in the basement, but like, in a different way yeah every every i will say everyone that they catch this season is because of her um because like even with sherry and carrie it's because she's like i murdered natalie for you and then they're like oh (laughs) these people we're gonna have sex with they're upstairs i'll get there Um, that washington post article goes on to say his previous soliloquies revealed him to be an unhinged sociopath whose idea of love couldn't sustain a real relationship now his re- his efforts to fall back in love with his wife expose him terrifyingly as one of us um because he they do try and that's yeah. what i found really interesting like whenever they're every like every, every part of their troubles feel very real and normal and then yeah. it's just like with a little spice of murder in it because <laughs> it's like oh i don't like we just had a baby we're not attracted to each other we don't want to touch each other anymore we are yeah. under stress her brother just died her mom sucks he has never had a loving relationship in his entire life to like use yeah. as a like any type of help and so both of them are a mess it's totally valid to fall yeah. out of love or not know how to navigate love in very stressful situations like that. And then they just yeah. happen to deal with that with murder. Um, yeah, they needed more than just couples therapy. They needed other therapy too. They needed a lot of therapy between they the two of jail. them. They, they needed jail too. They had already murdered a bunch of people at this point. But, but, while before. In, but while they're in jail and then before they even got to that point, therapy. Yes, just so much. Therapy therapy yeah um <laughs> the show what what i really really loved is that the, like i said the show is self-aware because it knows that it's absurd it knows people love joe and they love love and more than that 
People love drama. Yep. Uh, and the show laughs at the petty squabbles of this clearly toxic, no good for each other couple, and instead shows us an annoying, surprisingly the most healthy couple instead, um, which I will talk about. <laughs> the irony is that Love and Joe at times make sense for each other. They are yeah. just broken, awful, and messy humans who don't know how to communicate. The problem is that their love language is murder. Yeah. <laughs> they haven't healed from their own traumas at all and nope. are therefore in no place to give or receive love and so joe struggles with his troubled past full of abandonment abuse and murder while love struggles with the loss of her other half uh which was her brother a mysteriously dead husband and a toxic marriage by her parents that left this imprint on her and she they also are two murdered her nanny <laughs> just so you know <laughs> also murder right she's yeah. and then it's like her, her <laughs> dead husband young. yeah you know yeah um and she like even though she had parents she didn't yeah you know like no, it wasn't 100%. the same that he had but it was also pretty abusive and problematic right yeah um she was also alone if she didn't have 40 yeah. um and they are just two people in need of a lot of support understanding and a mirror yep <laughs> they need a mirror and they need to look at it and say like okay you know what hi i'm the problem it's me yeah <laughs> like a hundred percent so yeah. the show gets real about the horrors and toxicity of the suburbs tech junkies and fitness trends but it goes even further by stepping away from the problematic joe and turning to look at the fans of the show because critiquing the fans fascination with the villain and his victims is very entertaining in season three uh in episode three of the se season aptly named missing white woman syndrome love interest and best person in madre linda marion played yep. by tati gabrielle love her um explains the phenomena phenomenon behind the obsession with missing women she expresses an annoyance towards the underreported cases of missing women of color in the news and society um and it's a really great discussion <laughs> i've yeah. mentioned it before on this show um when we talked about jacob's wife mm -hmm. <laughs> like it's it's very, it is a problem right but i what i really enjoyed was that the Venn diagram of fans who watch you and those who love true crime is one circle. <laughs> Just one circle. They're the same person. Yeah. This is the same picture, right? Um, and romanticizing Joe is a problem. When we discussed in our first episode about the program, and even Netflix had to like tweet a bunch to tell people stop thirsting after him. He's a monster. And Penn as yeah. well. <laughs> it was like, <Yeah>. no, <laughs> this is not what you want to do. Um, but uh, targeting an upper-class white woman with a, an affluent husband was a bad move for the couple, leaving them at a high risk of getting found out. But the risk is not new to Joe, who previously targeted uh, Peach Salinger, who was an equally popular and cared-for human, and came from a very, like, famous family. <laughs> and in the books, it's, like, really stressful. <laughs> it's such a time when he's trying to clean up that mess, because yeah. it follows him. It's very good. Um, but Marion's lesson isn't necessarily for Joe. It definitely, you know, makes him think, and he's already stressed. It's actually for us, because we're fascinated with Joe's endless missing white women. Yeah. We are also <laughs> contributing to the problem. Um, or just people who, like, fetishize you know oh, yeah who are like i would let him kiss me like no don't let him kiss you <laughs> don't don't let him stalk you it's not a good time <laughs> like it's not a fun time don't anybody like who him. is fantasizing about shoujo needs to read the books i just need you to do that because i would yeah. love to see someone try to reason that 
I want someone to get in, like into his head, like open it up. You're in there and be like, yep, yeah, <laughs> this one's the winner. Because you're not. You're going to be like, who? Oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, one of the most surprising parts to me uh, and one of my favorite parts about the show, actually, was the breakout couple, Sherry and Carrie. Um, and at first glance, in our first introduction, interactions with the beautiful couple they are superficial and problematic Uh, sherry is known to give snide digs at her friends and more than a few troublesome moments with love in one scene after love is subjected to a number of veiled critiques about her physique she responds is it just me or is everyone saying that i'm fat uh and this comes after she just had a baby (laughs) and is clearly uncomfortable in her new surroundings murderous husband notwithstanding um later sherry erupts into a rage after love fed her twins cupcakes with fruit on them because even fruit has sugar um (laughs) and even worse is sherry's framing of herself at the center of natalie's missing case propping herself up as her best friend and the only one who cares about her getting all this attention right yeah and she like did not like her at all she did not like uh, she was they made natalie a pariah the same way they were trying to do for love yeah um and carrie is toxic male energy made human uh he is as joe describes him carrie sexual uh Uh, believing he knows the best way to exist um and as annoying as they are truly terrible friends awful friends never uh they are the most healthy couple on screen yeah (laughs) like as a couple they're it right they communicate with one another honestly they never ask more of their partner and no warped understanding or desire for their partner to be something else they accept them for who they are and they're like okay that is my partner in life Mm-hmm. We work with each other within our limits. We understand what those are and we adjust to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we make space for them, which is like, what? Um, which is so funny to have them. And then you have like Love and Joe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, don't even really want to touch each other. Yeah. <laughs> Unless they're covered in blood because they just murdered somebody. Yeah. And then they're like really horny. And you're yeah. like, your baby is upstairs. <laughs> Why are you like? Oh my god, just side note, there's like a part where they're like <laughs> they're like they have to bury the body. And so like Love goes to get the baby out of the, the car and he's like, You're gonna bring him? And she's like, What? And leave a baby in a car? <laughs> he's like, is this the time that we're gonna start judging each other about parenting? <laughs> and she's like, he's not gonna remember anything. <laughs> yeah. like, Which is true, but it's like <laughs> turn them around fun um, fact when you're that young that's actually the time when you're most sensitive to trauma oh no poor henry like yeah, developmentally he like it messes with your brain uh yeah. it's okay it's okay i mean he yeah he was able to get out in a, in a good, yeah, 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 he has yeah. a chance now He's, yeah for sure it was a better decision to have him end up somewhere else. I'm just saying. <laughs> he's rough. He's going to, like, flinch at stuff and not know why. And yes. that's why. Yeah. Um, he's going to have, like, something, you know, when it rains, his stomach his stomach is going to hurt. You know? Yeah, and something. he's going to be like, what why is that? Why do you like this? <laughs> why, why is commitment really hard for me? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, like, it's that, that's why this season is so funny. Because stuff like that would happen. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, ugh. And leave him in the car, Joe. Yeah. Um, 
Meanwhile, love dead it person. So Ridiculous. much. Um, <laughs> when Carrie and Sherry invite Joe and Love into their bedroom, it is with the understanding that they are so strong and firm in their love for one another, adding others to the mix serves no threat. Meanwhile, Love is murdering people if Joe so much as looks at them too long. Yep. <laughs> um, and after being kidnapped by the disastrous duo, the couple checks in with each other to get real and open, and uh, through that, are able to survive. Um, yeah. They were like, I love their little code system where she's yeah, like, right. he's like, I'm going to bring us back down to a purple. Um, <laughs> I don't think you're being honest with me. And he's like, no, you're right. And I was like, as cheesy as that is, because they are like the epitome of cheese, right? Like, yeah. they're what you, you would groan if someone just, you knew someone like this. Um, yeah. I was like, okay, maybe I need to start implementing <laughs> code systems because I feel like that's super true. Like, okay, hold on. If, if it's not now, I get it, but we're going to have to unpack this because <laughs> yeah. I'm feeling something here. Mm-hmm. And this is, a, I'm a safe person. I'm not going to take it personally because we are to get, like, we're a team. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's like what the therapist said in Joe and Love's couple session, like a relationship is work and it is clear that Sherry and Carrie, as annoying as they are, are putting in that work and that like, they see each other for who they really are and love that person and are like working hard to make sure that they like are happy together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's even like one of, it's a really small scene, but it, after that freak out with um, the cupcakes, mm-hmm. like Carrie says to Joe, like, Oh, just give it like a week. I'm going to do this thing. Uh, I think he says like in the bedroom or something, he's going to do this thing and she's going to forget all about it. And it's like, he knows her, right? Like he's Mm -hmm. like, it's, I get it. Super stressful. She's all right. You know, like it's going to be fine. Um, And I just, I really appreciate that because he knows it's absurd. He knows it was crazy, but he's also going to stick by her side. (laughs) As crazy as that was, he didn't come back and say like, isn't she crazy? Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Like, yes. He supported her and he's like, you know, she'll be okay in a week. It's fine. He's like, no, they can't have that sugar. That's it. Yeah. Um, so uh, I also wanted to just uh, briefly mention some parts about the books um, uh, because, like I said, it's they're one of my favorite books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I read the first two You novels by Carolyn Kepnes. Uh, and then Joe in the Books is an unhinged, disgusting predator that is in no way redeemable and is laughably absurd in his thoughts. Uh, the book Joe is the show Joe times 10 and exactly <laughs> what actor Penn Badgley wants you to understand about the villain. <laughs> <laughs> he's like read the books because now you get it um yeah the number of people who lust after this murderous creep is hilarious and the only thing funnier than that is hearing Penn talk about it yeah. <laughs> in all of those like videos so definitely look it up um but the sp- the thing about the book is that it spends the entire time in joe's mind and yeah. so we get a front row glimpse into his twisted psyche Yes, even more twisted than in the show um and book joe steals beck's used tampon and masturbates outside her window in the bushes. Uh, she like it's like there are things I remember, <laughs> and I was like they didn't go like they hint that he does some weird things, but in the book you have to you're with him and you hear him yeah, and you can't reasoning like, go to a different character. You're you don't. You never know any of the other ones. He is not cute like in any way. Um, <laughs> and I am in no way defending Shoujo. Um, he is also disgusting and a murderous uh, monster, but um, we certainly get a glimpse into his thoughts in the show, but that's all we get in the books, right? We do yeah. not get to pop over and see what this person's thinking. Like, I really appreciate it. Like there's like an episode where it's from Love's point of view where she was mm-hmm. narrating 
the beginning and I was like that's dope <laughs> I was like, yeah. that's dope. because yeah. in the book Joe's reasonings are an entire experience his point of view our only lens and because of this we only get very two-dimensional vapid and annoying love um book love is California superficial with nothing much underneath her relationship with Joe is also quite fleeting and not as interesting or charming as season two of the show made it out to be I could not stand the book love and that's because it was Joe's interpretation of what she was I'm sure she was so much more yeah <laughs> but, uh, there's like a whole scene I don't even remember if she I don't think she did it uh there's a scene in the book where kind of like as a show of wealth she fills up a bathtub with this really expensive champagne or something and it's like mm -hmm. balls, balls. it's like $30,000 like it's absurd oh disgusting. Yeah. he's like and she's trying to be sexy and flirty and cute and use her money to have any type of affection and he like comes in and he's so mad because he came from nothing and he's like yeah disgusting and he like doesn't want to touch her and then it gets really harmful um <laughs> very bad just trigger warnings please look them up on uh story graph <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> read um but it does get r really really intense um and it's very clear that she's just like this is what she's used to to yeah. being this two-dimensional creature to people and just being someone with money and it's like that's there's just scenes that really stuck with me she's very desperate and she's definitely desperate in the show but i feel like she's also a little stronger in the show yeah. um is she also i don't think she i don't think she ever murdered in the book i don't oh put, interesting don't put me on that she might have but not like this <laughs> the stuff <just> yeah <laughs> so um at least in book two right in the show there is a passion and fascination from love for love from joe in the beginning and also like late like when i wolf you like there, it's really yeah and and I feel like they would have worked <laughs> if they weren't both murderers, right? Mm -hmm. um, but in the book, she represents a potential future, but is always at odds with his reality. And love is only one is only an addition to what 40 is for Joe. I think 40 is more important to him in the book than okay. love is because 40 um, presents him with an opportunity to write a script um, and they end up writing one together and they're like spending nights together. And that's why he sticks around with love. And he's like, ah, oh, the best of all worlds. And then 40 screws him over and steals that script. <laughs> and like he doesn't get any credit and then joke reconsiders his relationship with the two of them because they are a package deal and uh so i felt like his relationship with 40 was more than um his relationship with love huh. um and Joe's thoughts are so drastically absurd, they leave no room for redemption or fantasizing, and I would audibly laugh out loud at some of the things he truly thought in the book. Um, and the show is also funny, but they missed out on some truly raucous lines, such as my favorite line that went something like, uh, he got to experience my favorite place in the whole world loves vagina and that's him <laughs> referencing his child being born just for context okay. like that's him like that's how absurd like I was listening to it I, it was an audiobook and I, I was listening to it while I was doing laundry and he said that line and my partner was like what <laughs> <laughs> and I was like no no sorry that's just Joe that's <laughs> like, just who he is I don't it's know it's such why. a run-of-the-mill it was such an absurd sentence I like it is the funniest thing like you have, like, it's so funny. Again, check trigger warnings. But if you can 
get Jeff past some that, of the intensity yeah. and the murder and stuff. Um, it's so funny. Um, in Hidden Bodies, which is the second book, Joe's lies and tangled strands of dead bodies, secret identities, and hidden evidence pile up into an undeniable record of his villainy, and a lucky detective stumbles upon one discrepancy that unravels two books worth of deceit, resulting in Joe's arrest. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> even in the face of the mountains of evidence, including photos of his face in his literal DNA, he laughs at the idea of being held accountable for his actions. He scoffs at the officer's attempts at making him feel guilty because, yes, he's killed before, but he's different now. He's mm-hmm. a father and therefore doesn't deserve to be held responsible for the actions of past Joe. Like, he literally is like, <laughs> it is crazy of this guy. Yeah. to like try to re- okay i'm gonna go to prison because i murdered before i don't do that now like yeah. that's literally what he's a white man has never understood those it's so uh, funny yeah. <laughs> it's preposterous but a truly joe line of thinking that we see glimpses of in the show as he makes excuses for his redemption now that he is henry he'll be a better human a better father and further a better husband. If mm-hmm. only his damned crazy wife wouldn't keep murdering people and leaving him to clean up the mess. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah, if only. That's, because that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, it's all her. It's all her. Yeah, he's he can't ever, at any point, ever in his life, be held accountable for his actions. It's so funny. And, like, I get how he got there. I'll talk about that. But it's like... <laughs> I, I haven't read the book, so I don't know if they even give you any of the backstory exposition that they give no, him in the show. Like, um, I don't. I, I don't remember any of that. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I guess yeah, they do humanize him more in the show. Then I can see why Penn had issues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because they yeah, they're like, excuses. oh, I feel bad <laughs> for the like kid version of him. Uh, maybe he didn't have to turn out this way. And it's like, well, you know what? He did though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he made the choice and look how bad his time has been uh he's not a fun guy uh, yeah yeah so. it's uh, definitely read just definitely read it i can't tell you i love it now so I much want to because i'm like interested it's to so just hear funny. how ridiculous it is <laughs> so yeah uh and also watch the show i mean i don't even feel like you need to watch the other ones you will get the gist of who joe is and who love is and just like you'll get a kick out of just how stupid their arguments are like yeah. when they're complaining about each other because that's my favorite part <laughs> so yeah. she's like you're crazy <laughs> it's like you were literally cleaning up your murder <laughs> cleaning yeah, up a murder you, you did yeah <laughs> then they fight about like mundane stuff while they're murdering it's so yeah. bonkers yeah. in the end uh there is a bit of a twist at the end that's pretty fun so once you get there you're like hmm that was kind of cool yeah uh but i'm not gonna spoil it because it was fun to get to uh at, at the end of the day they weren't good for each other <laughs> like they seem like they are but they're also just not no um but yeah not I mean, where they not as the people that they were yeah like if yeah. they if they got help maybe oh 100 yeah i think if they actually like therapized and ha- if joe wasn't coming from where he was with already many murders under his belt yeah uh Maybe it would have been a different tale. I don't know. He also mm-hmm. probably wouldn't have ended up in California, though. Yeah. True. That is what it is. Yeah. Uh, but for my section, it's a lot less facts. 
uh, it's not really a fact section and more of a like I didn't realize I would have such strong opinions about this show (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's an opinion based on logic and factual information more than it is actually about facts so take it as you will I'm just gonna like talk about what I thought you're allowed you're allowed yeah every so often you know gotta throw it in there so in watching the show there is so much to unpack like all the characters are so interesting and I don't know what it was like in the book. I'm sure Joe might have been interesting there just through like an absurdity angle. Mm-hmm. But like all the characters in the show was just, they were like all complex. Even the ones like you didn't like, you like were like, huh, I see how we got here though. Like, you know, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. And they're all so deeply flawed. Uh, and these flaws make them authentic in ways I don't always see on TV. And that like, you know, I, I talk about like my like spidey sense in realizing like authentic, at, like, emotion and acting mm-hmm, like I always mm-hmm. get really uncomfortable when people don't know what they're doing they're acting yeah. and this acting was some of the best I've ever seen like I believed these people who definitely aren't these people yeah. were like these characters the yeah. entire time at no point I was I doubting like that this I was watching a tv show uh, or like I that it was the reverse if anything I was like wow I'm like watching this like crazy true crime unravel yeah. and I'm like wow uh so this season in particular got me in my feelings multiple times mostly in that it activated my own personal trauma and witnessing adults fail to protect children but it's okay uh, <laughs> while I recognize trauma is never the child's fault it was hard watching the children in the show including young Joe be harmed by the adults in their life um and it always gets me like here even hearing like adults speak of their trauma when they were a kid uh so it's like I'm happy I empathize with that but I also don't simp for Joe and I just want to make that abundantly clear (laughs) Um, because every time I do catch myself like oh poor poor guy uh I immediately shift back and stop myself and I'm like no we're not going to excuse his unacceptable actions though he Mm -hmm. is a monster (laughs) Um, and one thing I've learned in my personal journey is that we can understand why something happens and at the same time not accept it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the flashbacks to Joe's childhood that we see in season two are further expanded in season three, providing this like additional context for Joe as a character, which was pretty interesting. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. he is still a monster. Um, and we do get some additional context for love as well. And I, I do feel like by the end of it, I did leave that one episode where they did give her perspective, like wishing we kind of got more from her. I feel like they could do a spinoff yeah. of her. Like, she was just really interesting as a character. Um, And, like, I would have liked to see more of her outside of just what Joe's perspective of who she was. Mm -hmm. was. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Joe and love, unfortunately, embody the phrase, our trauma is not our fault, but it is, like, our personal responsibility (laughs) to heal from it when we become adults. Mm -hmm. Um, And love and Joe both refuse adamantly to do any healing work and actively make harmful choices and we see this in the adults in their lives also as they like mimic that back to them and love's mother in the flashbacks of joe's mother and father many adults in their lives at least like while they were young and in love's instance even when they're an adult follow a similar pattern to joe and love uh in not healing from their own trauma and in their decisions causing active harm. And Joe perpetuates this in his own adulthood, but in a more extreme way, obviously, through the serial murders, stalking, and desperate (laughs) attempts at control. Um, And the characters of Love and Joe are hard to navigate because there is a complicated way of humanizing them that they do in the show. And I've seen, like, a lot of critiques for this uh, in that, like, you do have people like Simp and Hard for 
I would play both characters. I'm not going to lie. Um, and I do think that that's a problem, but I do think like humanizing them as characters does help in understanding that murderers aren't these fantastical monsters of pure evil. Mm-hmm. Most times they have the ability to deceive and present themselves as nice people and even possibly see themselves that way. The inverse of the problem with it is that you do at times end up sympathizing with Joe and love or even like rooting for their relationship in like brief moments where you're like, when they're talking about like dumb stuff that has nothing to do with the murder they just committed. Um, And the show itself skirts this line between exposing Joe as a monster and providing the audience with points of sympathy towards him. What is most important to recognize when looking at characters like Joe in love is that they have a responsibility for their actions, even though they don't see that. Mm -hmm. Um, And while Joe's childhood actively impacted his perception of right and wrong, as well as his approaches to relationships and love, his choices and actions are what define him. In becoming a killer, he made a monstrous choice, something he had never at any point takes responsibility for. (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, And the reality being that Love and Joe both murdered people in their journeys, and instead of taking responsibility for those actions, they searched to justify them. Um, They need to justify their actions uh, because it's all in a pursuit of maintaining this perception that they had good intentions and that their actions are necessary. And that it's somebody else's fault, too. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, I will say like in the flashbacks to Joe's mom that we get in the show, um, she does the same exact thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In abandoning him, she's yeah. like, yeah, I know this is awful. And like, you, you're struggling, you're experiencing this trauma, but like, sometimes you just got to start fresh, hon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. she says that to this horribly traumatized child that she has straight up abandoned. So yeah. like, if she learned it from anybody... Mm -hmm. it was her um and i mean the show in many ways in this fact that they're these are two white characters shows this cultural belief that is present in white culture that to be good is inherent Mm -hmm. when in fact it is instead active decision making especially within white culture being a good person is often totally separated from actual actions of choices and instead is viewed as like a state of being an instinct or an intention i mean we see like our characters embody this in their time they're like i murdered but like i had a good reason to murder mm-hmm. or like i murdered because like this person was doing this and like i'm still like a good person you know um and many times throughout the show an adult in joe's life will tell him he's a good person or a good boy or a nice guy Mm -hmm. um these statements are fed to him at conflicting moments where he makes choices that 100 percent do not align with the ideal of goodness um after murdering his father uh in a scene in actually not the third season but uh the second season i believe joe tells his mother or Joe's mother tells him something to the effect of like, you're a good boy. You were just protecting me. You wouldn't do a bad thing on purpose because you are good. Uh, as he has just murdered his dad. Mm-hmm. So like morality as a result for him is subjective to his surroundings and those he seeks approval from. Um, 
so that's just like my little psychoanalysis on Joe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was especially interesting to me was watching Joe and Love adapt in their new environment in the d- very different ways and how that stemmed from their unique personal histories. So like where Love was able to adapt and assimilate, Joe like honestly struggles in California. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Love's benefit is that like she got to be raised in an upper class California environment. She has been socialized as a woman. She has learned to adapt in ways that Joe never has. She's also like been a socialite, you know, mm-hmm. she knows knows mm-hmm. how to fake it she knows how to get along with everybody uh and that acts like actually adds to her ability to manipulate and like blend in and get away with stuff mm-hmm. um but we see joe really struggle in society because he's used to blending in the background he's used to not really mm-hmm. having to talk to people he's used to like he being likes being invisible his invisible stalkery time and he doesn't get to do that in the suburbs of california mm-hmm. um and like love picks up on social cues in ways that Joe will never notice the subtleties of because he was socialized in the East Coast, which has a very different vibe. Um, and he was also raised without money. So like all these things kind of connect and impact his ability to assimilate somewhere like rich place, California suburb. Um, and we see uh, love success in this with her relationship with Sherry and the other local girls, but she's like able to form connections with others in a way. Uh, even if kind of inauthentic and shallow that like Joe doesn't have the capacity to do. Um, She's able to blend in. And because Joe's not able to blend in, I think that is largely why like his usual methods aren't working. You know, we see like his like spiral, uh, even like getting a lot of things wrong. Like he's always trying to interpret people's intentions and like messing it up, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And he didn't really have that as much on the East Coast. And even when he first moved to California, you could see he was struggling, but like he did he was better at his job Mm -hmm. (laughs) on the East coast than he is in California. And you can see him like struggling with this. And this can be seen as specifically what stood out to me was his like instinct with Marianne's ex. Yeah. uh, And like failing to realize that he had noticed him, you know, he saw him at the AA meeting. Yeah. he are, he was faking his drug recovery. You know what I mean? Like he was yeah. doing all this stuff and he fail, failed to realize all that because these upper-class California environment is one that like is so different. And it's also, he's not used to having eyes on him because in California suburbs, everyone mm-hmm. is watching you. They're looking at what your lawn everyone looks like. Knows. They're looking through your windows. They're doing the stalking back to you. And he's not used to that. Um, and he, it almost gets him caught like multiple times. Uh, and it's invasive in a way right back towards him in a similar way to how he invades other people's privacy. And I think that like, he's not accustomed to, and I thought that was just like a really interesting, like mirror back yeah. to him that mm-hmm. the show did. That was really cool. I don't know if the book does it too. Does he go to California in the book game? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'll talk. I was going to say um, in the book, he it's, it's so funny how, again, I keep saying how funny it is, but his complaints <laughs> about California is hilarious. Like he is so loathsome for it and he just groans about it. He hates how fake everything, everyone is and he even like he's like I have to make friends like I have to get a social media account I have to get Facebook friends or it's weird like people are gonna start thinking you're really weird and it does become a really big thing for him that he has to like assimilate in this way that he's not used to and start having like this paper trail um and be more like or less of a wallflower than he's he's comfortable with and it's such a big thing for him he hates california it's very fun because for me i was like that's exactly how i feel sometimes if i interact with people from california like i was like i do not like agree with joe on 
most things he talks about when he was talking about California, <laughs> I was like, no, I get you. That's exactly right. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. And it's like, it's like really interesting for him because it's like invasive in a way where like he's not used to people breaking his privacy. Yeah. He's used to doing that to other people. So I just thought it was like a really fun inverse for him to be in California where there's cameras on every street where uh-huh. people are ac- like accessing like his life in a way that he doesn't feel comfortable with and how much he dislikes it. So yeah. it's just like, dude, what do you think you're doing? And it's like, he has no self-awareness at any point ever or any time. So it's like, he doesn't pick up on the fact that it's like a nice reflection back to like show him what he's been doing to people. Uh, but it's still interesting. I just thought it was like a fun thing that they did. Uh, it's just very different for him. Uh, but yeah, there's also something to be said about the way that they showcase their like dissident descent into hysteria uh, that they do in the show and possibly in the books. Uh, the, the more murders that take place, uh, the more unhinged that they get. And it's like kind of cool to see that happen. Um, It's, it reminds me of like the way that the last of us two video game did it, but with like far better pacing. Um, Mm. We watch Joe and love unravel more and more over time as their makeshift version of normal literally burns to the ground. And we also see them like lose touch, fumbling to maintain control through their, out their experience. And this descent makes the story you feel even more authentic because after each murder, they lose a little bit more of their grip on like the situation and reality Um, Mm -hmm. because it shouldn't be this easy to murder a bunch of people. (laughs) Yeah. So it's good. It's good that they show like after you murdered one person, there's going to be like a whole chain of events that takes place. It's going to derail you. Uh, Mm -hmm. But you really like see Joe and love, like kind of like lose it. Uh, yeah a bit. it's like the little lady who swallowed the fly yeah and then she has to like swallow something else and then she swallows something else that's them yeah. for murder yeah exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and what was fun about this season is it did give a little bit more like context for his childhood and i really enjoyed that because you get like a clear glimpse of like how joe established his logic and thought processes so you get like context for the voice in his head um and just like how we got here and like the how doesn't matter so much or neither does the why it's just more so like it's interesting because then also it's like you recognize that these are traumas that impact people and maybe we should take care of children more um Mm -hmm. but yeah we see Claire glimpse into joe's logic when he's a child in episode 10 and in this episode we see kid joe as he's talking to like one of his only friends at the group home Polly. Uh, as they're looking at nurse Fiona's office while it's being cleared out. And then kid Joe says it was her boyfriend. I could have stopped him the last time it ruined my entire life. Polly says back to him, you mean like with your mom? And then kid Joe says it made her hate me so much. She put me here. So I thought with Fiona, I didn't want her to hate me too. And Polly responds for the record. You don't know why, how your mom feels. You're making it up. And hey, trust me, I do it too. But I'll never actually know why mine left me here. And neither will you. Mm-hmm. And what's very interesting about that last sentence for me is that we clearly see that Joe struggles with understanding the intentions of others. That he struggles to empathize with his friend's shared feeling of abandonment. We see like him kind of like process that information. And to me, that statement brought his inner voice into context because in misunderstanding others and their intentions, he has taught himself to speak on their behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, he was never given the closure from his mom. You know, his inner voice is him guessing and rationalizing these choices and the actions of other people without giving them the chance to answer those questions themselves. And in fact, throughout the show, we see him continue to be wrong almost every time he makes an assumption, but he has accepted that he would never actually know the answer to why. So he stops listening or caring about what 
actual other people's thoughts are in an authentic way. Um, he just creates this world in which he lives and is the protagonist of and grips to that because that's the only thing that makes it so he can like do stuff. Um, and Joe as a child in these scenes is defining his logic that carries him into adulthood, specifically with the death of Fiona. Uh, with Fiona, he was trying to learn from his mistakes he experienced with his mom, but in not murdering her boyfriend, uh, he essentially like, he hesitates with Fiona in a way he didn't with his mom. When his mom was like getting attacked by his dad, he didn't hesitate. He shot him with mm -hmm. Fiona. He was like, my mom left me here because of that. I'm not going to act on this. He had the opportunity to push her boyfriend down the steps. And he was like, nah. Um, but as a result, Fiona ends up going missing and is realistically probably murdered by her boyfriend. So this kind of rationalizes for him, even though incorrect, uh, that this situation was necessary to have murder happen. If he murdered Fiona's boyfriend while he had the chance, she'd still be alive. Uh, and this combined with this like anxious attachment style and this compulsion for control pulls Joe out of this exclusively hiding and watching state into action. So instead mm -hmm. of like before he was like hiding in the closet, he was like, I'm not going to do nothing. I'm just going to watch it happen and be sad. Mm -hmm. And then with Fiona, he realized like, I can't hide in the closet. I have to go murder somebody. Cause like, if I murder them, then they'd still be here. They probably will hate me, but that's fine because they'll still be alive. And it's like, that's how he sees it. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like that's yeah. how he logics himself into being the hero because mm -hmm. to him, he's like, I'm doing them a favor. I could have helped Fiona, but I didn't because I hesitated. So murder is the only way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's how he sees it. And it's like awful because like kid him didn't have to end up that way. It is what it is. There's lots of people who experience a lot of trauma, come out of it, and they don't become murderers. Yeah, you know? most. They don't, they don't I, yeah, the majority uh, just end up being like regular people with like, they cry a lot or like have. <laughs> yeah irrationally emotional responses to things or they just get therapy and they have great lives i don't know you mm -hmm. know everyone figures it out in their own way but he made the active choice to murder people and that's the problem and it's sad because he didn't have to be that way but yeah he really never had a like a person that protected him mm -hmm. and that's where it's a bummer yeah i uh, i had one more point i was thinking when you were talking about love and how she like you know, was able to assimilate and kind of easier kind of get into that role. But there's also like this whole thing of like um, white woman victimhood too that she plays into because the way that the young neighbor assumed that Joe was the problem mm -hmm. and that Joe did everything wrong and she needed to be rescued when in fact she was the one who did the murder, yeah. um, it like adds to that. Cause she like, she's never really like, no 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 it's not him she never does that she's like yes no. of course save me um and she is always playing that victim card that really comes yeah. very easy for her and that's why oh, like yeah. she activates white woman tears like that <laughs> all the time she's very good she's such a great yeah. actress and i that's why i think like it's so interesting having marianne because she something about marianne's character too is that like one, she's a person of color. Two, mm -hmm. she came from a similar background to Joe. So she sees him. Like she's one of the only characters who will say, like, where did you go? Like mm -hmm. she notices when he gets lost in his brain and he's do he's doing his weird using mm -hmm. stuff and she's just like where did you go just now or like hey or like she like tries to snap him back. She knows she sees him. And mm -hmm. when she sees like something right, she's like, Nope. 
no, I'm leaving that. Um, no, <laughs> that's not. I am not the one. And I think yeah, that's like really I, for oh, sure. So I know good. what you're talking about. Like when Love's talking to her, and yeah. she's like, "Oh yeah, okay, I believe you wholeheartedly. He is a threat." You're right. I'm going to go take my kid and go somewhere else. She did not need any convincing. And she also was like, all right, yeah, no, I have a tendency to try to find people that remind me of my childhood. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's a problem. I accept that. Goodbye forever. Yeah. 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 She's not risking it. Absolutely not. (laughs) She's so good. Like, even she has, like, there's a conversation with, like, love where uh, he could have gotten caught because she like makes this remark about how uh oh like joe has had to you know work late and marion's like yeah well oh i'm dating this new guy and we're in this like you know honeymoon phase and so he's been taking like she's very quick to be like oh let i know she's gonna be stressed let me alleviate this yeah it's not because we're cheating Uh so good she's so good um she's the best character always she's she steals every show that's why the only bearable reason to watch the chilling adventures of Sabrina is to see oh, her. Yeah. So, <laughs> and you know, I mean, everyone's really good in this yeah. season. Um, but of course I was like, as soon as I saw her, I was like, Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> and she's just so quick to be like this voice of reason that critiques the entirety of the show, like entirety of like the narratives that we've been buying into for seasons where she's yeah. just like, well, this she's is like, a if, she, if she had a similar upbringing to Joe and that she's experienced a lot of trauma, she's not out there murdering people. No, she's not. No, she's she like, had, oh, like, there's a different self harmed. Yeah. So yeah. wild. Yeah. That, <laughs> she's, she's like a really kid. great, like, like catalyst for him. And then, yeah. like, you know, she's also seen some stuff and is like not out there murdering people. He didn't have to turn out this way and he made a choice and his choice was bad. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's a bad person. Yeah. And she's like, say less. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, anxious for next season though. Cause I'm like sad that he followed her. I want better for her. I do not want them to be together. And I hope she murders him, but like in a way that's like self-defense, like, and like you know, she lives her life, and then he's finally done. Or like she, she's the one who gets him arrested or something. I don't yeah, know. yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe she finally ends him. What a yeah. nice time that would be. Um, and now I'm, <laughs> I haven't read the third one, but I'm gonna. I now it's on my list. Was Marianne in the second one? No, no, no. Okay. It's just love, and in it, like they. She gets pregnant, they get married, and it's it's all because, like, he doesn't try, the whole thing was, like, he's going to jail, and so her family money is going to get him out. Like, they get him the best lawyer, oh. tie into him, and then she, like, abandons him in the end, and he oh, has to and be like, oh, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. That's a good ending. Well, not that he got her out. Why? Why would she get him out then? Uh, because he's the father of her child. Oh, okay. And because yeah. she was one-dimensional, you know, so she was yeah. like, "Oh, I have to protect the boy." It's a whole thing. Yeah. Um. <laughs> favorite place on the planet. Uh, oh so good. Uh, so highly, highly recommend the book and books and the seasons of the show uh i also recommend just looking up some videos and clips of pen like totally just talking dissing. about yeah <laughs> just because it's that's very fun too um yeah. and yeah we have 
two more episodes left of our Tainted Love series, and then we're moving on to something new. But please yep. let us know what you think about you. If you read the books, what do you think? If you if there's something similar, I don't. I'm not aware of anything that's like this critical to true crime in this way. Um, but yeah. if you know of something, let us know, or just let us know your thoughts. If um, yeah, and any resources of like, what do you do if you have a stalker? That's also helpful. Oh yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And I mean. Be safe out there, especially people who are still dating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a hard or even not, even if you're not dating. Yeah, like... he was he was after people who were in relationships. You're so right. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah. be safe out there, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't trust even the average of Joe's. Uh, yeah, because he's just a regular looking dude. Dangerous. All the, always, anyone comes near you, you're like, nah, please go away. I'm not yeah. interested in friendship. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um yeah it's it's good for uh illness prevention too you know pandemic pandemic rules forever yeah that's kind of where i'm at six feet <laughs> six feet thank you over there yeah. thank you um for sure uh cool well don't get married delete your kids or that's the only reason they keep you alive and honestly girl you gotta think about it okay if that's the reason i come on yeah come on run yeah run then i love love yeah maybe we'll get another season for her like a new show yeah a new show but that just spell love like in the past yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yes yes (laughs) i saw the end i know (laughs) um but yeah watch anything she's in everyone go watch haunting of Bly manor and like She's in something else that I saw. Anyway, do that. Okay, bye.